Hello and welcome to Saskatchewan Matters from Martin Charlton Communications. This is episode 28 of the most influential weekly podcast to come out of the Saskatchewan business community. On each episode, Paul Martin, business commentator and the chair of Martin Charlton Communications brings us the stories behind the headlines and explains why each story matters to you. On today's episode, what is the importance of corporate culture and what can we learn from legacy? Great leaders have the ability and skill to communicate the value of culture. Paul, when we look at culture, when we look at the journey that uh, organisations have been on, are there parallels elsewhere in the world? Yes, there are. And, you know, I, your description of uh, how great leaders are actually able to tread on uh, corporate culture and to use it as a motivator. I would actually take it a step further and they use it as a performance management tool. They actually get stronger performance out of their organization by having stronger culture. And sometimes that's viewed as a bit Eh, culture soft or it's fuzzy or we're just too darn busy every day to uh, take time to do it. But those that have actually mastered the art, if I can put it that way, uh, find really remarkable ways to motivate. And, you know, there are some global historical ones that we think about John Kennedy in his inaugural address where he said, you know, the culture was this, the Soviets got ahead of America in the space race so technologically, America is behind and he needs to figure out how do I do that? So what does he, you know, he doesn't come out and say, we will build three robotic whatevers. He comes out and he just, he, he pokes at the culture and pride of Americans and says, you know, this isn't good enough. We're going to send a man to the moon and back by the end of the decade, as he says, you know, using that nice Boston accent. But, and, and Churchill talked about it in the sense of, he talked about how we are the last line of defense against uh, for freedom and democracy against the invading hordes. And so it's there if really good leaders use it. And, I, and what I want to talk about today is an, an evening I spent with a, uh, a retired U.S. Marine Corps general. There were a few of us there, and this came through tech. I was fortunate enough to, uh, to be invited to go down to California and to uh, spend the day with the U.S. Marine Corps. And so the theory was we were going to learn how they go about conducting business on a day-to-day -day basis. And so we would spend the day, you know, playing around, being their guests on tanks and, you know, getting probably to give us a clip and shoot an, M4, an M16 or something. Anyway, we get there and guess what? Uh, all the troops were gone. There was nobody there. They were all over in Kuwait and they were getting ready to kick Saddam Hussein out of Kuwait. So we arrived and they decided not to cancel it, fortunately, but we, they kind of had to invent stuff for us to do. There was a drill sergeant who did stay behind. So he made us do some exercises and they had no commanding officer to talk to us. So they brought back the guy who had been the commanding officer. And he had retired and was working for his son's company in Texas. So he was asked to address this. What's the difference between being in a leadership role in the military or the public sector and being in a leadership role in the private sector? So this guy had worked both sides of the fence. And so we thought, you know, he could provide some insight. And frankly, going into that dinner where he was going to be the keynote address, I thought, well, this is going to be boring. 
but the guy was anything but boring. He was absolutely fascinating. And he said, let me tell you the primary thing. As I was running the military, he said, this is one thing that you guys worry about in the private sector that I never once worried about. I never worried about making a payroll. That was not part of my gig. But I tell you, I got some things you never worried about either. Like, how do you keep your employees alive tomorrow? So he said one of the tools that he used was culture and more specifically history. So he said in a the military, they have what they call the colors. So it is a, a, a spear or a stick with chevrons on it. And each chevron represents a battle that they'd, that this unit had been in. So he said, this is kind of like, if you know how to read it, this is reading our history book. And you can see where this group of, of soldiers had been in combat. And the Marine Corps uh, is relatively young in the military sense. It was kind of created in World War II. And uh, so the Pacific Rim was a lot of where they kind of tested, you know, in the battle against uh, the, the Japanese side in World War II. And so he, uh, he, he, he didn't bring the flag with us, but he said, let me tell you how this works. Is I've got 50,000 troops that I command at Coronado, which is where the West Coast SEALs train and that kind of stuff. And he said, you can imagine how many people rotate through on a weekly basis. So there's all kinds of people coming. So if I'm going to use culture as a, as a tool, then that means every week I've got to be training the newbies about the culture thing. So he said, made it, and, and this is a good lesson for business leaders. Every Friday at two o'clock was a mandatory meeting. If you had transferred onto the base that week, you were required to attend a meeting in the commander's office every Friday at two. And this is where he would walk them through the colors. And he also made it a requirement for all of his executive officers. If you were on base that day, you attended the meeting. So for those guys, they probably heard the story like hundreds of times, but it was reinforcing for the leadership by having them there. So he said, here's, here's the big upshot of this, the big picture. The particular unit of uh, the U.S. Marine Corps that he was commanding had never been defeated in battle. He said, we'd been put on our heels. We'd been pushed back. We'd had to retreat, regroup and uh, attack again. But at the end of the day, while we'd been bruised, we had never been defeated, which meant that we were constantly, you know, we were like winners all the time. They were always moving forward. So they would have this on their uh, chevrons. And so he said, I could walk you through it and show you which battle was which, but we basically never defeated, got defeated. And he said, here's why this is important to me. I do not want to be the first general to preside over a defeat by this unit. So he said, I had to figure out how do I motivate my team, my troops, so that they always are winners. And the more times you win, the harder that gets to do, right? So he found culture and history were the tools that most manifest that because he could reinforce for the troops on an ongoing basis that you have a legacy here. And he said, that's basically the way he described it. I would say, if you are, while you are here, this is the level to which you must perform under my leadership is you have to be a winner. I will not preside over a defeat and neither will you. You will not be participating in the first defeat of this unit. So if you think about that, how hard business leaders, executives, those in management roles, uh, everyone up the chain, in, in an organization, how they strive to try and motivate their, their people, their employees to get the best out of them, to, to make it more rewarding for those workers. 
uh, we struggle with that on an ongoing basis. And here's a guy who just said, it's already in our genes. It's in our DNA. All we got to do is uncover it, tell the story. So he said, let me just kind of personify this for you a little bit. So he went to, uh, uh, he, he covered a story of when he was uh, a colonel still before he'd become a, a, a general. And he was commanding a fire base in the center of Vietnam during that war. So he said, think I'm in the north part of South Vietnam, so kind of dead center in the country. And here's the terrain. We're in the valley, and all around us are the hills, and I've got 5,000 troops in my fire base, and around us in the hills are 40,000 of the other guys, of the uh, the enemy. So this is not unlike uh, the setting in the movie uh, We Were uh, soldiers. It's uh, the Mel Gibson movie. And he said, actually, Hal Moore, who was portrayed by Gibson in that movie, was a contemporary of his, Norman Schwarzkopf. Those are names that we've all heard of. And he said, you know, theoretically, they could just lob stuff down on us every day and I should lose, right? Because they've got the high ground, I got the low ground. But I have helicopters. So I can bring in as many troops and materials and stuff as I, as I can to keep it up. And he said, what we do is at, at night, we'd go out into the, into the jungle and the hills around the place, and we'd have these skirmishes, the kinds of stuff that, that Hollywood portrays the Vietnam War experience to be like, these little you know, platoon-style uh, skirmishes in the jungle. And he said, I'm in this battle that's been going on for, for he said, it's day 71, and my guys are exhausted. And as I look around, I realize if they came out of the the hills on mass, there's no chance that I'm going to repel them. I, I would be run over. So he decided that the most prudent thing to do was to start to plan an evacuation as a fallback measure. Like if they come, what do we do? How do we handle it? So he said, I kind of cooked up a plan and then I shared it with my commanders, my executive officers. And, and he said, we didn't tell the troops about it. We just, this was among us. But one of the things that He's, he said, this will sound weird to you guys, but this is one of the things we decided is if they come at us, we will give them this ground because we simply can't protect it anymore. We will lose it. But one thing we will not give them is our history. We will not give them our culture. We will not give them our soul and honor. So he said, we had decided we were tearing up the colors and each of us officers was going to take a piece of it and we were going to swallow it. So we would give you the land, but not give you the history. We won't give you our soul. And he said, we never told the troops, but it leaked out. And he said, I, oh, here's how he put it to us. He said, you know, I could never have stood on a soapbox and given him one of those, you know, one more for the Gipper style speeches that would have blown as much energy and commitment into the troops as the leaking of this story that the officers were not going to relinquish our history. They won't give them the colors. He said it was fresh energy blown into the organization. The troops were motivated for the next 20 days. They went out at night and did us. They were much more aggressive. They were stronger. And he said, day 95, after my guys had had their second wind and been renewed, day 95, we wake up in the morning and the enemy had withdrawn overnight. So he said, did I win that battle? Not really, but I didn't lose it. And should I have lost it? Yeah, probably. But what was, why did I win? Why did I survive that? And he said, it was not a stronger, smarter, 
piece of military equipment or a military tactic or, you know, coordination between tanks and planes or whatever. So it was a history. It was able to motivate the troops by just reminding them of the pride that we have in our organization. And that is a lesson we can all take back to the office. And, and it's, it's appropriate for every business leader or anyone who runs an organization, public sector, private sector. Uh, if you're in a leadership role, and you're not about being the boss so much as you are about how do you get the most out of your troops. And this guy found that history and corporate culture and being actually able to capture that story, embody it, explain the story, make it real and turn it into not just something that's scratched on a paper that is kind of dry and boring with a, a you know, recitation of facts or events, but rather he embodied it. He enlivened it. He, he made this thing real and got these, uh, and the results were there. They all lived. I mean, not a bad outcome that they survived. And, uh, and, you know, that's one thing that most of us in leadership roles don't have to deal with. Like if we mess up as leaders, our troops don't die. Military guys have to deal with that. And, uh, you know, as we watch wars in Eastern Europe right now, think about which side has got the culture working for them and which side hasn't. And you can see who's winning. Right? And it didn't matter the side, the number of troops or you know the quality of your guns or whatever i mean yeah it does but but the little guy in ukraine is winning this thing and why it's and it's got a lot to do with pride and culture and i would i would dare to add to that that there is an element of communication the narrative that's carried with it and being able to speak plainly to the key audiences whether that be the military the citizens the other countries who he's been uh, appealing for support from and that communication piece whether it comes in the contemporaneous moment or it's of the storytelling subsequently and looking back and that becoming the part of the history of the lore of the legend of the organization those stories need to stay alive they do, and the art form becomes in the ability to capture the story, uh, interpret it, and then, you know, take it in, do up what you need to do to it, and then have it come out your mouth uh, in a motivating kind of engaging way. And, uh, you know, sometimes the art of storytelling gets overlooked, but yet go talk to people in sales and they'll tell you it's all about the story. It's not about, you know, the, the sort of... Uh, whiz bangery and gadgetry that comes with my product. It's really about what's it going to do for you. And, uh, and so I think, you know, humanity has always been moved by stories. We keep track of history. We can, we can tell, you know, most people can recount what happened 2000 years ago, you know, whether that's in a biblical sense or historical sense of, we know, you know, in contemporary times, we know who Julius Caesar was and we don't know who Jesus Christ was. That's a couple couple thousand years ago and those are still pretty much front and center for us so obviously somebody was able to capture a story that stood the test of time and uh, these are just human endeavors and if you can figure out as a leader how do i capture the essence of that story and then be able to learn how to recount it so in in this will be the self-serving part of this podcast is that the storyteller in your organization can be a powerful tool use it Right, uh, you know, use the communications department inside your organization for more than just putting out 
uh, you know, memos that say uh, the office will be closed on Tuesday due to a planned power outage. Paul, thank you for taking the time to um, share this with us. And, of course, thanks to you for taking the time to listen to Saskatchewan Matters from Martin Charlton Communications, where we tell your stories. Do share these insights that power Saskatchewan with your colleagues and friends. Saskatchewan Matters is proud to be a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. <laughs>